0: Section 36 of The Upward Path, A Reader for Colored Children. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Matthew Datcher. The Upward Path, A Reader for Colored Children. The Knighting of Donald by Lillian B. Whidden with spear drawn sir cedric rode steadily through the forest while ever nearer and nearer came the dragon swift and sudden was the onslaught and great was the struggle until finally sir cedric dismounted from his black charger and stood victor over the huge monster who had committed so many depredations against the countryside slowly and lingeringly donald closed the book the many-branched tree under which he lay changed into a grey stone castle with moat and drawbridge upon which through the day armoured knights on prancing steeds rode from castle to village always on missions of good to the towns and hamlets never did donald tire of reading about arthur galahad merlin and the others but Lancelot the bold was his favourite knight as he read of their deeds his black eyes flashed his nervous slim body quivered the deep rich red flooded his brown cheeks he was one of them took part in their tournaments rescued the lovely ladies and overcame wicked monsters for his king of all the stories a never-to-be-forgotten one was of a little boy like himself who lived in a small cottage near a castle which harbored many knights this little boy idolized them even as donald did one day as the knights were returning from a strenuous day's work one weary and worn stopped at the cottage and asked for a drink of water eagerly the boy ran filled his cup at the brimming spring and gave it to the knight thank you my little boy smiled the man already you are a knight for you have learned the lesson of service how donald envied the boy to serve a knight he dreamed even to see one would he had lived in the olden times when knighthood was in flower. But having been born centuries too late, he tried in every way to live as the knights had lived. Daily he exercised, practiced physical feats, restrained himself from overindulgence, following out the program of those who would be knights. With shining eyes, he would often repeat his motto, the motto of Arthur's knights: live pure, speak the truth. Right the wrong, follow the Christ. Thus, dreaming, Donald grew, and everybody loved him. Dreamer though he was, he ever kept before him the ideal of service. Tense with interest in the exploits of the Black Knight, he was often tempted not to answer when his mother called him from his reading to go on errands. Only a second, however, would temptation last. Lancelot could never approve of a boy who acted dishonestly working playing and dreaming donald grew into a lovable boy adept in all the sports of boyhood and with the manners of a prince he had reached the last year in grammar school the graduating class already the obligations of maturity were forcing themselves upon the boys and girls they for the first time in their school career were an organized group they were going to elect officers dignified officers nominations had been many and enthusiasm surged around the youthful candidates but the choice for president had narrowed itself down between donald and a laughing-eyed girl with crinkly black hair as usual there were more girls in the class than boys but while the boys stood solidly as one behind the masculine candidate, there were a few girls who put their trust in a manly courage rather than feminine charm and were disposed to break loose from the suffrage at camp. Public opinion thus gave the election to Donald. As the time for election drew near, the interest became more intense, and the various camps campaigned vigorously, each striving to gain the majority vote. One day, as the school was assembling in their usual room, they were stopped by the sight of their principal questioning one of the members of the class. "'But this is your knife, isn't it?' sternly inquired the principal yes sir responded john a trustworthy boy the son of a widowed mother whom he helped by working after school hours mr starks found this knife underneath his broken window last night it had evidently been dropped by the boy who in climbing out of his cherry tree accidentally smashed the window you know that i announced last week that the next boy who was caught trespassing upon mr starks property would be suspended from school for the rest of the year i am disappointed in you john this does not sound like you did you drop this knife last night no sir responded john no well speak up who had the knife i can't say sir but you must this is a serious matter one of the rules of the school has been broken then looking nervously around the room of girls and boys the principal commanded Will the boy who dropped this knife last night speak, or I shall be forced to find out the culprit for myself? There was no answer. Every boy stood taut, his eyes steadfastly before him in the thick silence that followed. Very well, snapped the principal. John, who had the knife yesterday? I cannot say, sir, responded John unwillingly. You may do one of two things. Either you tell me the name of the boy to whom you lent the knife, or you may be suspended from school for the rest of the year the silence was more intense one two three minutes passed you are dismissed said the principal slowly john left the room three days passed john's mother much disturbed bewailed the fact that he would lose this year out of his school life and perhaps would not have the opportunity of going again john thought of the responsibility toward his mother and then of that toward the boy whose fault he was concealing was he doing right or was he doing the easiest thing in not telling on the fourth day john sought the principal if it is necessary to tell the name of the boy who had my knife before i can return to school i will tell he anxiously said it certainly is necessary and john told there was great excitement in the graduating class. The traditions of centuries had been broken. One of their number had become a tattler. John resumed his schoolwork systematically and obviously shunned by the other boys. But Donald reflected over the incident. After all, he thought, John did the bravest thing. It would have been easier to appear heroic and to sacrifice his mother for the sake of a boy who needed to be punished. The next day, Donald sought John, accompanied him to school, and showed the class that he regarded John as a hero instead of a telltale. The boys divided into two camps, some following Donald's example and others loudly denouncing him. Donald's sponsorship of John cost him the presidential election just as he had foreseen, but he knew that he had lived up to the best within him and he was satisfied. As he climbed into bed at the end of the day upon which he had been defeated and yet had gained a great victory, his mother tucked the covers closely around him, kissed him good-night, and lowered the light. Then she bent over him again and kissed him once more and whispered, My brave little knight. End of section 36